Brian Phillips here with Grace Ops. Welcome back to the Sons of Valor podcast. I want to talk to you today about remnant. What is remnant? Why is this a biblical term? What is the concept of remnant? This concept is found in all periods of redemptive history from Genesis to Revelation. Now, grace trains us to renounce darkness. It trains us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lifestyles. Remnant is deeply connected to grace. Grace will help us live as the remnant. I want to kind of show you just a quick path here today of why you need to be part of the remnant. You need to make it a goal. You need to make it a passion. Remnant deals with tension. There's a tension between the grace and the promises of God and his justice and his judgment. Remnant deals with true and false. There is such a thing as a false believer. There is a false Christianity. There's a true Christianity. There's a true believer. There's a true and there's a false. The true believer, all through redemptive history, falls into the category of the remnant. It's more clearly seen when the tension It's not really seen well when prosperity and and the grace and the promises of God are at large. It's seen when the justice of God reaches the tipping point where he has to deal with humanity and he he, he acts in his judgment. That's when the remnant is formed. It's like the seed coming out of a stump of a tree. It's it's, It's the present people who are true believers being pulled into the future to continue on with God and his redemptive story. So I've pulled some notes out of the, the, the Lexham Bible Dictionary. So I'm going to be kind of sharing some of that here today. I want to lay this down fast and quick. I want you to think, and I want you to pray, and I want you to be challenged because this is a crisis in our church culture today. We need men to rise up. We need women to rise up and not be religious uh I got to say this right, not, not, not to be religiously rude. There's a way to handle the faith. There's a way to psychologically handle the faith. We don't come across wrong to people, but we can come across still firm and resolved. So here, I want to start laying down some definitions. The faithful remnant walk with God in promise. They walk with God in judgment, and they walk with God in suffering. They walk with God till the end, no matter what. The Lexham Bible Dictionary defines remnant as a portion of people left after the disaster, left after disaster, especially a disaster identified with divine judgment, especially in the prophets. This term describes those who remain faithful to God despite suffering and who ultimately experience restoration. Our country's in moral decline. Our churches have problems because the standard of the gospel has been lowered. The lifestyle that you would actually expect a a believer to live has not been really kept across Christendom. We've really watered down the standards. We've allowed people to say, I'm a believer without without really... putting a demand on their lifestyle that they are one. 
And that doesn't mean that we're cruel about it. It just means, hey, if your confession is on Christ and you've confessed to walk after him and be a disciple, then let's get busy pulling that fruit out. Let's get busy tilling that garden. Let's get busy doing the work. Let's get busy changing and transforming your lives. This is not about a religious game. So Remnant deals with, it, it identifies true believers. We have a problem in our churches when we modify the word of God. Boy, I'm opening up a big one there. <laughs> so many arguments and debates. Secular humanism. Science, 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 science. Hey, you know what? It's science and faith. I don't have time to go into all of it. It's both. It's not one or the other. But we can't take portions of scripture out, or we can't take ideas about Jesus and use them in ways that were never intended. I can't remove scripture. I can't remove the writings of Paul because I, I don't think Paul understands my current day. The Bible wasn't written for me to understand my current day. The Bible was written so I could understand the heart of God. Bam. I don't get to change God's word. His word gets to change me. That's the bottom line. So will you be the faithful remnant is the question in this podcast episode. I'm going to walk you through some snapshots here. The flood. Noah. The ark. Noah built an ark. I'm going to destroy the earth. We're only seven chapters into the Bible. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you've probably noticed that before. Seven chapters in, we're going to push the reset button. The days of Noah grown really dark and evil. Noah is a remnant. Noah and his family become a remnant. To that point in history, the water had been, um, the earth had been watered by the dew, not rain. So no one had ever seen rain before. So here comes Noah building this massive ark. And he's telling everybody, yeah, I'm building this ark because it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And they, they don't even know what that means. So here's the remnant, Noah, being faithful, obey, obeying God, counted him as righteousness, builds the ark, the flood comes, the door of the ark shuts, the water subside, Noah goes on to increase and multiply. Noah's the remnant that goes on in covenant with God. That's where the rainbow comes from. Genesis 9. This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you, every living creature that is with you, for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. That's what God was saying to Noah. God put the rainbow in the, in the sky to say, I'll remember that I, I'll never destroy the earth by water again. And I'll remember this covenant I made with Noah, the remnant that was pulled out and was destined to carry on my plans and my redemptive purposes in the earth. The 12 spies. We'll fast forward here. Israel had come out of Egypt. They're getting ready to go in the promised land, the land of Canaan. There's 12 spies sent in to spy out the land. Joshua and Caleb were part of these 12 spies. So they go out, they come back. The 10 spies give a negative report. They, they literally, there's so many negative people in the world. I mean, negativity seems to be so easy. I think it's just part of human nature. It's part of our laziness and our pride. So we, want, we like to be negative. It takes more strength to actually believe. It takes strength because believing actually requires wonder. It requires it's more than just dogma. 
and veins popping in your forehead, like grunting it into the earth. It's, it's, it's a beautiful relationship when you believe the things of God. So Caleb and Joshua step up. They tear their garments. They're, they're really ticked off. They're, they're, they're ticked. I mean, this is a bad day. The 12 spies, they're like, out of the 12, Caleb and Joshua are like to the 10 negative ones. They're like, you suck. <laughs> you suck. So they, they go ahead and say, hey, if we can take the land right now, not because we're strong and mighty. Basically, what the 10 said, you could look at it that way. But we tend to, we, we, we're going to look at it God's way. God said we could have this land. God has promised us this land. And if we go right now, he'll give it to us. See, that's believing. The weightiest of offenses to the heart of God is actually unbelief. So here's the thing. Caleb and Joshua are the only ones of all of Israel that actually enter the promised land. They believed. They're like a remnant type. God told the rest of Israel, you know, if you're 20 or 22 and under, um, you, you, you'll be able to go into the promised land, but everybody 22 and above will pass away. You have to die first. So they had to wait for everybody to die. Then Joshua could take them into the promised land. God was dealing with the false. He was dealing, he was, he'd gotten to a point where he's tired. He had to, he had to, justice had to come. Now God's justice and judgment is very slow. It, it, it goes for generations. It reminds me of the scripture that says he's, uh, he's patient and he waits for us to come to repentance. The Lord, the Lord is like, there's like a long suffering in him. He, he's not fast and like, if you don't do it today by tomorrow, I'm going to wipe you out. He's patient with us. He's kind with us. And that's, that's why we love the operations of God's grace. Grace doesn't make excuses for our sin, but it does empower us to live upright. We want to we pay attention to that. The remnant aren't perfect people but their hearts are set on the perfect one. And on his heart and on his purposes, they will not relent. I'm going to take you through the major prophets real quick, just shotgun style here. So the idea of remnant surfaces throughout the major prophets, and in the prophecies of Isaiah, the judgment prophecies, Isaiah offers hope by declaring that a beautiful and glorious remnant will remain, and that they will be called holy. Reflecting this hope of a future remnant, Isaiah names his son a name that actually means remnant will return. What a powerful thing. The prophet Isaiah's son was actually named, and I would say his name if I was good at pronouncing it, but when they would say his name, Israel would remember that remnant will return. The true believers, the faithful ones, are returning in the midst of judgment, even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of tension. See, we've got it way too easy in our country. I mean, we've got it way too easy. We're, most of us are, are extremely spoiled. We walk in great, great amounts of wealth. And I'm not saying you have a Ferrari. I'm saying you've got three meals a day. You've got five meals a day. You're, our country has so much wealth in it and prosperity that we are so blind to it. And there are, there are people, men... Uh, addicted to Pornhub and addicted to uh, gaming systems and just pure boredom. It's like we don't we forgot how to live. We don't hunt and gather. We don't do the things that we were created to do like, like long ago, right? Like we're stuck in a world that uh, in a lot of ways is not good for us. 
and it could actually be the the beginning of our end in a lot of ways. We've got to come alive. We've got to walk in self control. We've got to tap in to the passions of why we breathe air. Are you doing things in your life that you're just kind of a slave to? Well, you know what? I want to motivate you a little bit because um, that's kind of your fault. You know, if you, if you stopped following your heart 20 years ago, that's your fault. If you weren't willing to be an artist and take the risk, that's your fault. But it's never too late. Get back at it. Do the work. Let the work come out of you. Be, do that amazing thing. Do that thing that no one else will care about. Who cares? Be faithful and authentic to what you're supposed to do and what God has called you to do. So here we have uh, Jeremiah. He promises that Yahweh will glean the remnant of Israel as a vine and that he will gather together rem- the remnant of my flock from all the lands where, they, where I have driven them. Ezekiel identifies the remnant as a purified Israel who has survived judgment. Daniel designates the Son of Man as a future faithful remnant of God's people. The Son of Man is shown as a figure who is to suffer and expect a future vindication. Jesus Christ fulfills the role of true and true and faithful remnant. He is the example of a true of the true and faithful remnant. In the minor prophets, Amos indicates that a very small remnant of Israel will escape the coming judgment. Micah, after the exile, the remnant will be a blessing in the midst of many people. Zephaniah depicts the remnant as a flock and a purified community after the exile who will no longer do evil and will plunder Israel's enemies. Haggai, after the Babylonian captivity, the returning exiles were, faithful, were a faithful remnant and that they obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. Zechariah speaks of a future when, when Israel will be called a faithful city that is a marvelous in the sight of the remnant. And I want to highlight here, before I close this out, I want to highlight Micah chapter 4. There's just something about the language here that I just really felt really in tune with, and I just want to share it with you. So Micah, the minor prophet, dealing with the remnant, verse 4, I'm sorry, Chapter 4, verse 1, It shall come to pass in, later, in, in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as, as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and people shall flow to it. What a powerful picture. This is after, kept, after uh, captivity and after being taken over, judgment had, had fallen upon Israel, and he's prophesying hope. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? It says here in verse 2 that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. See, that's at the heart of the remnant. That's at the heart of the passion, of the devotion, of the resolve, of the remnant, of the true believer is right here. This hope, this passion, let us come to the house of the God of Jacob let us go to the mountain of the Lord. See, when I think of the mountain of the Lord, I think of the climb. I think of the discipline. I think I got to get to the mountain. I got to get there. But all when I get there, oh, that he may teach us his ways. Oh, Father, may I climb to your presence day after day. And when I get there, may you teach me your ways, Father, 
Teach me your ways in your word. Teach me your ways in your community. And that we may walk in his paths. Teach me your ways and let it be reflective in the way I walk in your paths. Man, I'm about to explode. (laughs) That's the remnant. That's remnant. I want to climb the mountain. I want to be in the presence of God. I want him to teach me his ways. And I want to walk in his paths. And I I want to do this with his community, his people. God's raising up a people, not a person. Verse 4. It goes on and says all kinds of powerful things. I'm just going to skip down to verse 4. But they shall sit every man under the under his vine and under his fig tree. Just another picture of us sitting under the teachings of God, sitting in his house, under his fig tree, learning from God. No one shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. I'm going to go down into verse 6. In that day, declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame, gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted. And the lame I will make the remnant and those who are cast off a strong nation. Now, I really just kind of identify with this language. I will assemble the lame. I've felt that way before. I've walked, you know, I've had issues with pride and arrogance. I'm not saying I've always done it right. But I've always kind of wanted to do what I read in the Bible. I've always kind of wanted to keep it pure. Like, you know, like learn. I'm a lifelong learner. But when you've got to challenge something, you've got to challenge something. And I've challenged pastors. I've challenged religious entities. I've, re- I've challenged it, and I've been, I've been cast off. I mean, I really have. I mean, oh, yeah, that's that guy. He's fired up. He does, he does a good job. But, that's, you know, we'll give him a good reputation. That's about it. All right, whatever. I felt lame. I've been doing this stuff for 25 years. I've been up against the walls. I've, I've seen bridges burn. Not necessarily because I wanted to burn them, but they burned. So he says, I'm going to assemble the lame, and I'm going to gather those who have been driven away. This is part of the remnant. This is part of the feelings, I believe, of the remnant. And those whom I have afflicted. Yeah, that's written there. It's there. And the lame, I will make the remnant and those who were cast off. See, I understand lame and I understand cast off. And God says, those who are cast off, I'm going to make them a strong nation. And the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. So I identify with those feelings and that language in Micah chapter 4. So today... Will you remain faithful and true? Will you remain faithful and true to the end? Will you remain faithful like Jesus remained faithful? I challenge you today, drop your excuses. That thing that's holding you back, that thing that you keep overlooking, that thing that you don't want to face, that thing that you're just, you, you distract yourself from that thing. Maybe it's some type of regret, maybe some kind of failure, maybe it's a mistake in a relationship, or maybe it's a wrong decision you made a while ago. Maybe it was the way you treated somebody, unforgiveness. There's all kinds of things we can fall into. Don't run from this stuff anymore. Face it and drop your excuses and believe and endure. Be a true believer. Learn from his ways and walk in his path. 
Oh my goodness, man. I'm, I'm telling you, that's it right there. That's so simple. Climb the mountain, spend time with our father, get in his presence, love his community, learn his ways. And when you leave that place, go walk in his paths. Wow. These are interesting days we live in. And remnant is not foreign in the language of the Christian gem culture. It is not a foreign term. It's a popular term. And I actually want to do this podcast here to bring understanding to the identity and the role of remnant. So will you be, will you remain faithful and true? Will you allow his grace to empower you? Until next time, live upright.